before we get started on this, here I want to read you what I wrote because I, it's making me feel very lazy about it. But the problem is, oh, you're not going to be as lazy as me. Trust oh, me. Okay. All right. All right. Because I'm just reading. I'm just reading the back of the back of the box because I think that's a good summary. <laughs> that's that's like uber lazy. <laughs> no, wow. because no, because wow. I'm not going to lazy. Wow. And I'm going to expand on that because I think the thank, back of the box. Thank for out lazying me, dude. I do appreciate hey, that. I, though, I, I try, man. I try. I am. I try to be so hard to be lazy. It's like work. <laughs> it's like clockwork. <laughs> And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. We have something special this evening. Well, or this morning, or this afternoon, or while you're driving, or while you're on a bus, or a train, or a plane, or driving in an automobile. Or on the can. Have we exhausted we, all possibilities yet? I think so. I think. There could be more, but I'll let it go. Uh, we are going to be discussing a... Uh, this is something that was brought to us from Paul. Um, was uh, Someone got in touch with him about some books. Uh, they asked if we, if we would like to review them on our show. And uh, it was from a company called TKO. And, uh, Paul, would you like to fill in some details? Perhaps? Sure. We got, we were contacted by a, uh, I guess a public relations person from TKO and, uh, Oh, Scott's here with us too. <laughs> <laughs> Good intro, Bill. I, I'm she, uh, she basically said that she likes our show. I, I don't know if that was just to make us happy or if she really knows our show, but either way, <laughs> uh, she said she likes our show and she likes the way we connect with our fans. And would we be interested in, uh, receiving some books from them and that they would provide us with uh, review copies and uh, as well as a 20% discount, co discount code for the uh, listeners. So for a pr cost of $5 each, we'll be happily give you that code. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, the, the company is TKO uh, and the code that they gave us is BACK. The number two, B I N S, and then the number two zero, and that gets you twenty percent off on uh, at checkout at TKO Enterprises. And if you hear us discussing the, the books we're going to discuss today, or we're going to do future shows on some other things they sent us, uh, and you're interested in them, by all means, go on and use that code to get some money off of it. And now, one of the things I think we should talk about before we even get into talking about a book is uh, they're pretty interesting as far as format. Mm -hmm. uh, they sent 
for some reason, I got one more than you guys, and I don't know why that is. But they sent two graphic novel-type books, which are just traditional, exactly what you're used to. But they also sent two that are six-issue miniseries, and the books are stored in a cardboard protective well, one, case. Well, yeah, one is like a like a like the sentient scent pulls out in a sleeve, and the six it's books like a are inside case. a sleeve. Slip, slip case. Yeah, yeah, a slip case, and then the other one we'll cover on the next show. Seven Deadly Sins was like an open up, like a book, like a like a hollowed out book, kind of. And the six issues were inside the the. Uh, the card. I, I tell you, yeah, apparently I, uh, they released the entire series all at once. It's not like a monthly, month by month miniseries, but it's six separate issues inside of each of those uh, collections. This is gonna sound weird. Did you smell any of these? I did not. I smelled. For some odd reason, I picked one up and I and I smelled the Seven Deadly Sins one. I was like, it just had it. It had a very distinct smell. I don't know if it's the printing. You know, because it's not yeah, your one average. One was raspberry, one was cherry, it one was, was lemon, one was grape. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the desert dirt smelled like desert dirt. <laughs> and and the horse shit smelled like horse shit. But, <laughs> but <laughs> so, I was and for what it's worth, if, it, if anybody print. didn't get that code, I am when the day the day when this episode uh, airs or uh, posts, I will put. They sent us like a graphic with it, which I've already put on the. Uh, Facebook page, but I'll put it again on the day that this comes out. Just so if if you are listening and you're saying what was that code, you could always go to the Facebook page and look for it as well. And we'll probably at the end of the show we'll run it by one more time anyway too. So see because of the way they were sure. mailed, or at least the way mine were mailed, uh, when I opened it up, one of them, as you say, was a was a graphic novel. Uh, you know, literally a graphic novel, or or I guess you'd say trade paperback. Um, and the other two were in boxes, but because the one was a trade, I assumed they were all trades, just the other two were in a slipcase. So when I actually I opened the yeah. book that we're about to talk about, Sentient, and realized that not only was it in a slipcase type box, but that it was actually individual issues, like the six issue series inside this slipcase, my very first thought was, wow, DC and Marvel could could definitely take notes from these guys because this is a brilliant presentation. This this would look really nice on somebody's shelf. It's going to look I was very looking, nice on my shelf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was <laughs> plus, very impressed by the... Plus, by the it's format. a little bit larger. Uh, the actual yeah. individual issues are more like a Golden Age size yeah. comic book. Yeah, that's a good way to sum it up because I was trying to think. You know, they're they're bigger than a comic, but not quite as big as like say like the old like uh, you know like super specials or something mm-hmm. like. Not quite that big, but somewhere in between the two. And I like well, that. Well, I, 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 like I actually measured them out, and tape. it's about it's about a half an inch wider than a traditional comic, and about an inch taller. Nice. So that would make them what about about nine nine and a half by twelve, something like that. I did not your write standard, it down. standard comics about an eight and a half by eleven, right? Well, as yeah, you as we're speaking, got, I'm going to get my tape measure tape once again. Measure right. No, I got it right here. I got one right here. In, I got your tape measure right here. <laughs> it is. Oh, okay. It's seven and a quarter by eleven, 11 and a quarter. Eleven and a half. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It, nice, nice big format. Which makes you appreciate the art a little bit more. 
Well, the other thing I noticed, I don't know what this paper stock is. I don't know what you call this, but it's not that damn glossy shit that Marvel and DC are using to where you have to sit just right to even be able to see see the page and what you're reading. I mean, I've got the, I mean, I've got light directly on this and I can see it just fine to, to read it. And I like that. I only had one quibble with it is that sometimes I had to really make sure I had to grab the paper and really give it a pinch between my finger and thumb give it to make sure pinch. I wasn't just a pinch and then I shoved it in my mouth and chewed it. So, now it's available uh, on the website though uh, if you go to TKO Presents uh, actually it's TKOPresents.com uh, it's available in two separate formats the trade paperback version of it uh, and I'm talking about sentience now Mm-hmm. Is nineteen ninety nine, but the sixth issue box set is twenty nine ninety nine. Right, and of nope. course those are both subject to a twenty percent discount using the code we gave you earlier. Bill, were you were you leading up to the uh, to making sure that you weren't missing pages like you had to? Yes. Like yeah, I yeah. had the same issue, and I, I was going to throw that. Out. I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't make a note of it, but I was going to throw that out to anybody from TKO that might be listening. The the one recommendation I would make about Everything of yours that I've read so far, number the pages. That that's the only th- that's the only quibble. Like Bill said, it's just a quibble. But that was the only quibble I had was that um, at least twice in the two series that I've read now, uh, I skipped a page, page, didn't you? And I would I would go, wait, what the hell just happened there? Yeah, and then I like, realized how did I get that, to this point? yeah, that there was a page in between that that I hadn't turned properly because they kind of stuck together a little bit. And that sort of thing can be avoided with uh, with page numbers, which seem to be uh, one of those things like thought balloons and narration boxes that have kind of gone the way of the dodo in comics. But I, I think that's one that needs to be there. You know, you might get away with with not having, you know, word balloons and narration boxes, but page numbers, you, you really need those. Podcasters need them. <laughs> <laughs> I really noticed it more in this in the seven deadly sins because each page was bordered by white you, you know right. there was more you know right. the the art was a tiny bit smaller whereas in sentient most of the art filled the entire page so it was a little bit of like okay wait a minute which page am i on okay all right okay we stopped the show <laughs> you sound like you were ready to say something paul uh no no <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> I'm done now. Well, good night, folks. Thanks no, for it's, it's, uh Honestly, you know, what I, what I was thinking was you, you mentioned uh, the uh, word balloons and the, uh, whatchamacallit, the narration boxes. Narration box. And in Sentient, I don't want to give away too much before we start getting into it, but there's a character, put that in quotations, who essentially kind of provides the narration boxes right in seven deadly sins which we're going to talk about next episode uh one of my biggest critiques had to do with the uh the lack of uh narration boxes for the most part so we'll talk about that next time but that's that's what was running through my mind as you were saying that i got you so why don't we get into sentience now okay well one one big question before we dive into the book proper um this one, uh, until we get to the third book, at least I presume it's going to be the third book that we'll be covering from TKO, um, this 
series here, Sentient, uh, featured a name, which is the only name I've recognized so far, um, which is Jeff Lemire. But I don't know where I know the name from. I know I've heard it, but I just are you guys familiar with this with this guy? I had the same issue that I'm like, I know Jeff Lemire's name and I looked him up briefly and I think it was uh, where did it say? I think it was his art that let me look it up real quick because you can go to the TKO page and and no, no, I do not recognize. Well, Jeff, oh, he's. Uh, he, did. he did. He did do work for Marvel and DC. Uh, let's see. Wrote uh, Justice League Dark for a time. Uh, Maybe that's he it. He wrote Green Arrow at one point. Uh, he drew a Rip Hunter story. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Wrote Teen Titans Earth One uh, for Marvel. He wrote. It's, it said he. It said he would be writing all new Hawkeye, but. Uh, not sure if that actually happens. Uh, it's a, something about uh, doing Moon Knight uh, and old, I guess Old Man Logan when they when it was a regular series. But he's also worked for Valiant uh, and some other small companies. Uh, so he, I mean, he's he's a name that is fairly well known at least. I mean, again, I'm, I couldn't have told you too much of what he wrote. Uh, but if you look at his uh, his bibliography on his Wikipedia page, he does have you know a, a lengthy one. Yeah, oh, I'm looking oh, at it now. I see he did an issue of Jonah Hex uh, during the Gray and Palmiotti stuff, so maybe that's where I recognize his name from. Didn't know where I, I had heard. It. I probably heard it on a podcast somewhere or mm-hmm. something. But yeah, now the artist Gabriel Walter. Um, the, this is what I was. He actually did Occupy Avengers, which I had read. I've read some of the, and also Astonishing X Men, and Doc, probably the new. It says and Doctor Strange, so that might be the newer Doctor Strange. I'm and not according, according to the straight. back cover of the box, he did the Vision. Yeah. Hmm. Which was pretty popular, so I guess you know people should be somewhat familiar with him. So you want you want to do your uh, synopsis there, Bill? Yeah. Well, you did the synopsis. So I'm going to go get something to eat because you know it always takes a long time. No, no, no. It's not <laughs> going to be that long because I'm just reading the back of the box. <laughs> the real box? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calories, servings, uh, two ounces. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, welcome to the USS Montgomery. When a separatist attack kills every adult on board a colony ship in okay, when a separatist attack kills every adult on board on a board a colony oh man, how can I screw up what paragraph? I don't know why, but every time I hear the, the word separatist, the first thing I think is Count Dooku. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but when Count Dooku launches an attack on a ship in deep space and kills every adult on board. It is then up to Valerie, the onboard AI, to help the children, to help the ship's children survive. But as they are pursued by dangerous forces, can Valerie become more than what she was programmed to be—a savior to these children? That's a very, very brief sum up of the book. But one thing we had discussed a little bit beforehand was we don't want to spoil too much because if we just sit here and read all, or go over all six issues. Why would any of you have, I mean, there might be some people like, oh, well, I don't need to buy it now. Right, exactly, yeah. 
I, so, I, don't, I don't even know about that because I think, you know, that's kind of our method of reviewing books. And, and we've certainly heard from enough well, people. Well, we did that, that with said, Fearscape. But, and I've heard of enough people who said, oh, I heard, you know, your review. And then I thought, oh, let me buy this. So I, I don't know if we scared too many people off from it. But on the other hand, in this particular instance, and I think it's different from Fearscape. In Fearscape, we were actually getting them one issue at a time as they were coming out on a monthly basis. And we were reviewing mm-hmm. them as they came in. In this instance, the series is available either in a trade paperback or in the boxed set, but either way, it's the complete story. So much like when you're watching a movie or whatever and you're spoiler averse, we're treating it kind of that way, that we want to review it, but we don't want to spoil it uh, and, and kind of let you get the whole feel for it and, and the flow. But, you know, we want, so we want to talk more in general terms about how the story's presented, oh. the artwork and the characters without giving you the key plot points necessarily right i i I agree with what you're saying and i but i also you know for myself i also had the consideration i had two big considerations in mind is that for one um i i don't think i don't really think anything of spoiling you know because the whole nature of our show generally you know in a nor in a quote-unquote normal episode is that we're reviewing back issues that are usually at least at the very least five years old so I don't I don't worry too much about spoiling because it's been out there. Whereas in this case, we're we're reviewing something that's brand spanking new that you can literally go out and buy right now. So out of consideration to you know the folks that sent us these, you know I, I just didn't feel proper spoiling you know what the, the entire story is because I'm we're hoping to possibly entice our listeners to want to go out and you know seek this material out. On the flip side of that, though, you know, I also want to throw out there that, you know, even though these books were sent to us, you know, for review purposes and everything, uh, I also didn't want to feel beholden to, okay, we have to be all nice, nice, you know, about that situation. I mean, I still plan to give, you know, an honest review of it. You know, if I like it, I'll I'll praise it. If I don't like it, I'm not going to praise it, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, expect the same uh, review that we would normally do, but just, you know, know that. You know, that was the consideration, at least that that I took with it, with with not wanting to spoil it, just because it is something new as opposed to something that, you know, you you could hunt up on the Internet and, you know, get it spoiled for you the same way as listening to an episode, if that makes any sense. And and I'm going to agree with you. And, and, you know, to be fair, I I enjoyed reading both of the the series that I've read so far. I haven't read the third one yet, Uh, but that doesn't mean that. I don't have any criticism and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to tell you what my criticisms are. Uh, I'm, I'm happy right. to, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy that having read them, I enjoyed both of them. I'm, you know, I'm glad that that's the case because, you know, it's always good to read stuff you enjoy. But if I read it and thought, wow, this is a slog or this is stupid or whatever, I, I, I would have no hesitation to tell you that. Right. I don't want to, I don't, as much as I enjoy getting free things and, Never mistake the fact that I do. Uh, but as much as I enjoy getting free things, I'm not going to whore myself out to the point where I won't give an honest opinion of them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is one of the big reasons I recused myself from the uh, – what, what was the one you guys just Fearscape. mentioned? The Fearscape. Fearscape. I, I just wasn't digging it. It just wasn't my thing. And I didn't want to sit here and, and be that jerk that's – you know I'm, we're getting it for free for review purposes from nice people that wanted us to review it. And I just wasn't – I just wasn't feeling it, you know? So, 
<laughs> yeah. On the other hand, and we did do that differently because we did a deep dive on each issue of that because we were doing it as it was coming out. So if somebody right. heard our review of the first issue and thought, wow, this sounds good, then they certainly had the ability to pick up the second issue and read it before we reviewed it. Right. So I think it's a little so bit of a different me, circumstance. You know, for me, on each of these, you know, that we're going to, to talk about, essentially, you know, the two that we've done so far or read so far, you know, Sentient and then, uh, you know, next episode, Seven Deadly Sins. For me, I, I, it's basically the endings I don't want to spoil. I, I feel like we can pretty much talk about everything else. I just don't want to spoil how either of them ends. Yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah. so there will be mild spoilers within here. Right. Uh, you know, we're not we're not going to be completely spoiler free because that would be just uh, the 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 synopsis Bill gave you and goodbye. We'll see you next week. I'm yeah, exactly. going to expand on it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean nobody's blaming you because that that's the thing. I'm blaming him. I don't think you can really talk about these without spoiling at least some elements of the story. But again, I, I just don't want to spoil how how they end. So so did you guys pick up on the name of the captain of the uh, of the Montgomery? I did, yeah, Captain Gardner. I thought that was kind of cool. Captain, not just Captain Gardner, Captain S. Gardner. Oh, is it? No, I did look not up, catch that. Look on the back of his shirt, of his uh, flight suit, on the right after they cross into the black zone. Now I need. Did, to we, did we know if it's S. H. Gardner? <laughs> so yeah, it's S. Dot Gardner is the captain of the uh, the ill fated Montgomery. That's funny. I did not catch that. Let me see if I can. Right. Oh, like yeah, the, sure enough. How the hell did I miss that? It's it's large and in charge right there on his jacket. Oh, my God, I totally missed that. It's <laughs> funny because it's spelled the same way because you don't see my name spelled that way very often. Everybody always wants to put a, an E between the D and the N. They want to make it I don't know. Do these guys know you? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's funny. I can't believe I missed that, too, because I'm always looking for... I mean, that was the first thing I noticed, was that he had the same last name, but... That, oh, that's funny. Now, perhaps one you thing inspired I am, them. Perhaps. I am a little confused. So, the USS Montgomery is apparently... It's a colony ship, right? Yes. Right. Heading towards the colony. Well, apparently, we've right. we've, we've exhausted Earth's resources, and it's only right. got a... a Short time. It had of, ten uh, years left. And now it's only got five years left, and and the year's twenty one oh five, and people are on their way to a new home, and the quote unquote separatist movement is one that doesn't want to make the same mistakes on this new world that we did on the old. Uh, so there's you know cases of sabotage and sabotage, sabotage. sabotage. So there's a thing called the Black Zone, which is like an area where they will not be able to communicate with either the colony or the Earth for, oh, I can't, was it like a couple hundred days, I think? So they're getting ready to go on that. Everybody's a little nervous. And uh, we get a parallel story with two families leading up to the point to where they cross into uh, the Black Zone. And one of them, once they cross in, one of the two people that we've been following, she puts on a gas mask and basically everybody on the bridge, all the adults are gassed. All the children are down in the in like the daycare, the nursery. Did any of you catch the name of the uh, now? This may be just another. I think it's a nod to Arthur C. Clarke because the woman's name in the daycares. She Professor is Clark. Miss Clark. Yes. Clark, yeah. 
I think there, it's a nod to Arthur C. Clarke. There were several names in here that I wondered if they were nods. You know, the ship being the Montgomery, I wondered if it was a nod to Star Trek, you know, with, uh, with Scott, Scott, you know, Montgomery Scott. And, yeah. and the uh, the woman who uh, who guesses them is Kruger, so you think that's Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> Maybe. Well, her son's name is Isaac, and that could be for Isaac Asimov. Definitely could be. There. I think that's I'm more likely than Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, there's, there was a Kruger in, in another science, big science fiction thing, and now for the life of me, I can't think of what it was, but I know that there's some sci-fi movie out there where there's a character last name of Kruger, and I just can't think of what it was. So the, who's, the sh- who's the guy from Blade Runner, the, the head android guy that di- that saves Decker at the end of the movie? What's that actor's Boy, name? Boy, Batty. Uh, that's... Uh... Well, his character's name was Roy Batty. Yeah. Was, his his uh, name's not Kruger, is it? No, it's... Uh, God, you made me think. And no, it's all right. I, I know. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think it is Kruger. <laughs> no, you made me Rutger think. Hauer. Rutger Hauer. Rutger. That's it. Rutger. Rutger. Yeah, that's right. That might be who I'm thinking of, actually. Yeah, so we've got two families. Jill Kruger, she will end up being the separatist that will take out everybody. And the other lady, what was her name? Who the the one that orders the the ship that erases the protocols so the ship can travel? Oh, yeah, uh, so Wu. 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 Yeah, yeah, she's she, she's the one that on her death as they're dying on the thing she gets the the captain's like override key and she basically releases the AI from not being able you know. Basically, you know the AI is bound by certain laws and rules that they can't affect. Well, it's you know, it's it's like. It's like the scene in First Contact where uh, where Picard turns off the safeties in the in the holodeck. And That's the, essentially, yeah. what, what Wu does is she turns off the safeties because the computer states that one of its direct. Or I think actually, I think it says its prime directive is that it cannot harm um, any of the the human occupants of the ship. So she turns that off so that the mm-hmm. computer so that she can order the computer to kill the. Uh, well, she, you know, the, the terrorist woman, you know, the traitor woman. Yeah, because she wants her to. She tells the ship that its new directive is to protect the children, and right. that is what the ship does. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could spoil this. There's like these little mechanical arms that the ship can use to manipulate things or do stuff, and and after she goes in and kills Mrs. Clark, um, uh. <laughs> Well, the AI is going, I, I don't un- understand. What do you want me to do? W- what am I supposed to do? And she's like, I mean, end her life. Kill Kruger. Do it any way you can. And she does. She basically stabs her right through the heart with, her, yeah. with, with like, right in her back and out her chest, like a chest burster from Aliens. And uh, I got a serious Aliens vibe from this. As a matter of fact, I was actually listening to uh, Goldsmith's score to Alien while I was reading this, <laughs> you know, just to kind of have a mood setter, you know, going in the background, and and it worked very effectively while reading this. But the real, so, I mean, I guess uh, the real crux of this story is the AI, which is known as Val, and I wonder if that has some significance as far as a reference, but I, that, not that I am aware of. But that that. Val, the AI, becomes a character without a uh, without an actual body to speak mm-hmm. of. Right. Uh, so most oh, of like Hal. Val's oh, Hal. Oh, it could be yeah, it could be like Hal. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, so so Val's 
dialogue effectively kind of becomes, uh, you know, the the, uh, the the narration boxes for us. Yeah. And yeah. The, the, when the, the AI speaks, it's in blue. Yeah, and the, but the story goes on, you know, where, where the AI has to effectively become the mother of all these young children on on the ship, uh, and it's it's I think it's really well done because the Wu's daughter is the oldest one. I think she's I'm trying Lily. to remember. I don't think they actually yeah. say it, but I'm thinking she's about ten. She, yeah, she does say that she's ten. Yeah, yeah. Her her and Isaac are the two that the two are oldest. oldest, and I think but Isaac is nine because he's younger than her. She's the oldest. Now Isaac in the story I thought was an interesting character too, because he was the son of, of the woman, of the that, woman killed, that killed, uh, yeah. killed all the adults. And so the other children hate him. You know, they all, well, yeah, because him there, and, there's the scene where after Val kills, uh, Kruger, all the children are just in shock and, you know, they're asking for their parents and, uh, the computer's like, all the adults are dead. And right. the kids are just like, ah, ah, ah. Well, and, the then, and, and then the computer's going, I don't know what to do. One of the things I thought oh, added some really nice tension to the story is that Wu's daughter, what what was the daughter's name? Lily? Lil. Lil, yes. Lil, yeah. Yeah. She she is the one that uh, that seems to really hate Isaac the most. You know, they're they're the two oldest children. And again, you know, she was Wu's daughter. Wu, I, I'm assuming, was some sort of like first officer, second officer, something like that. She was yeah. you know, high ranking. She's Wu's daughter. And then Isaac, who's the daughter of the woman that betrayed everybody and killed all the adults. You know, she seems to hate him the most of, of all the other, although all the other children shun like the him. Wizard of Oz. And I hate and you most a, of all. <laughs> And there's a great moment early in the story after all this has gone down where uh, Val tells uh, Isaac that she knows he's telling the truth when he says he didn't know any of this. Because that's one of the first things that I wondered when when all this went down, you know, how much of this did Isaac know? Because we see a little bit of setup in the beginning before all these events happen that almost makes it look like maybe he knows because there's not a lot of dialogue, you know, between. I the think two. it's just that his mother was just a very strong authoritarian because right, you yeah. saw how because it's paralleled in the beginning of the story how Wu is with her child and how right. Jill is versus with how. Right. You know, and she's then, like, "Come on, we got to go," and she's like, "Oh, I'm just going to watch this," and she and she tells Val, "When the cartoon's over, turn it off. She needs right. to go." Whereas the other one's like, "Isaac, finish breakfast. We need to go now." Right. And he's like, yes, ma'am. He's very there's a, there's a really outfire. good moment after all that goes down where he's alone and he breaks down and he's basically pleading with Val going, I swear, I didn't know any of this. And Val confirms it. She says, you know, I can tell because there are certain physiological changes that human beings go through when they're lying. And I can tell. And she goes, I can tell within, I think she says, like a 98, yeah, 98. variance that you are telling the truth. So we as the reader and the AI both know that this poor kid is completely innocent of all of this, that he, he really didn't know any of it yet. The other children continued. And I thought that added some nice tension to the story that we know that this poor kid had nothing to do with what his mother did. 
yet the other kid, you know, the other characters, the other kids are, are going to continue to to shun him and, and treat him badly and all. And that that actually added some real pathos to his character, I thought. So it was it was interesting. I got to admit, this this had me pretty much hooked right from the first issue because it, you know, it it gives you everything you need right in the first issue, and it it really, you know, it starts with a bang, you know. And there's uh, there's some really horrific images. It, it was. Uh, I'd say it gets a little not not graphic, but violent. Let's put it that violent. Way. Yeah, it's it's definitely violent. Um, it's especially not especially as, in the first issue. Yeah, it's not yeah. nearly as graphic as say you know Seven Deadly Sins, which we'll talk about later. Um, but there time. you know there's definitely there's some <laughs> violence, there's some blood, and uh, I was impressed that you know they they don't hold off. Uh, on the language, which, you know, using adult language in, in comics can be a mixed bag because a lot of times it just comes off as gratuitous, like they're trying to force it to feel more adult by just throwing in a bunch of curse words, but it doesn't really affect it. Whereas in this, I felt like it lent a, a, an air of, uh, of, you know, it grounded it and made it more believable because they were using, you know, adult language believably as you would in you know in the situations that these characters find themselves in so you know in that aspect it really worked just to kind of spoil a little ahead too uh i think i I think it's the third issue could be the fourth uh lil they they dock at a station and lil actually against val's directives leaves the ship and Mm -hmm. goes onto the station and she finds herself in uh, a dangerous situation. I don't, I don't like I said. I don't want to give too many details, uh, but it ends up that Isaac is the one who feels compelled to go and rescue her effectively. Right. Uh, and he knows how she feels about him, and she knows he knows what she thinks of him, and yet he ends up being pretty heroic to to go after her. And I just think you know, like the characterization that we get in the story is great. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, on yeah. the subject, you know, that what what Bill said a moment ago about Val's name, I couldn't help but wonder if because most of the characters do refer to her simply as Val, as opposed to you know her full name of Valerie, uh, I wondered if that was an intentional nod to Hal from 2001, because there is a great part of the story later on where we as the reader get a real dilemma in this story where suddenly you're not so sure of Val anymore. Is she, (laughs) is she still on point? Is she still following her, her mission and her directive of protecting the children? Yeah. That's because of a, another AI that called Victor. Yeah. Supposedly on another somewhere else that's alluded to that it may not, it turned against them. It may not be friendly. But then, so, if, I, I, what, I, what's great I, is that the kid, you know, I don't even want. I don't. I was going to say something. The way that gets resolved, let's leave it at that, is great. Yeah, yeah, I liked it because you, you, I, I found myself really wondering, you know, where is this going, and and kind of as I'm reading it, kind of flipping back and forth, like, okay, Val's still the good guy. Oh wait, no, I don't know now. I think maybe she's gone psycho. Well, no, I don't know. You know, and bouncing back and forth, you know what I mean? And throughout the story, Val is only depicted, uh, through narration boxes and, uh, pretty much that, you know, she can make these pincer type arms throughout the ship move. 
And so you, you're getting very little visualization of this character. But as the story goes on, you become very fond of that character, mm -hmm. despite the lack of visualization. So, again, great job by Lemire on that. Yeah. I liked that she wasn't just Siri. You know, she I like where you could because of the way she was written, she would occasionally stutter in her speech like she was second guessing herself or changing her mind as she was speaking, you know, changing what she was about to say to something else because she was speaking to children or speaking to certain characters. And I liked that because while she's supposed to be a computer, you know, an AI, she wasn't just robotic. She actually had a personality that you, as you say, you come to actually like, and, and she's a very appealing character in that aspect. I thought that was very cleverly written that she was very human while she was, you know, just a machine, an and operating she, she system, has, essentially. She has some doubts about which way to proceed in certain situations. Right, yeah. When, when, when she first, you know, first is in the situation where it's just her and the children, uh, you know, it's the, the Val's narration box says, I do, not what to, I do not know what to do, please. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, it's terrific. But yeah, and, it's just, and then it, it follows up with "Do not cry," you know, to do the not, uh, children. Yeah, but it keeps saying "Do not cry, do not, do cry. not cry," and the kids are just blubbering because all their parents are dead now. And then the and then the ship has to cut, you know, uses one of its mobile uh, rigs and drags all the bodies to the airlock. It opens the pod bay doors. Open the <laughs> to suck well, them I out and. The and what Val also does, in addition to looking after she, them and all of that, is she's also training them to be the new to crew. operate the ship. Yeah. Well, because she has to create structure for the children too, because of what's happened. They've got no, you know, she has to give them something to do. They are now the adults. They're the crew, like you're saying. I mean, the the youngest, they still let them be kids. But basically, what, if they're like older than eight, it seems, or seven, they're actually put to work doing, you know, based on what their skills yeah. are. Yeah, she's um, actually assessing their, their strengths and weaknesses mm -hmm. and putting them in a position where they're, you know, most helpful. But I liked that the kids were still kids. You know, none of them turned into, you know, a, a oh, superhero yeah. or, or a superhero. None of them were Wesley, Wesley Crusher. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a Brainiac yeah. and like, whoa, well, we can just do this yeah. to solve that. I, I was surprised still, how I got drawn into this book. It was really, you know, once I started reading, I, I, I had to read it all the way through. I was like, yeah. wow, this is, this is a page turner. Yeah. I got, I got equally sucked right into it as well. Honestly, I, I think the only criticism I really have of this entire thing was, um, I did find the ending a, a little, unsatisfying just in the fact that I, I think because I was into it, you know, I, I was into it. I was really enjoying it and it kind of feels like it, like not that it runs out of space, but that it just kind of all wraps up neatly at the end of it. And it's, and it's just kind of done. And I was well, hoping for a little more. I think, end, I think, I think that would be, you know, if you get a sequel miniseries, I think they're leaving yeah. the door open for more. Uh, we really haven't touched on the art to speak of, and I think we should. Uh, this sure. is not traditionally the type style of art that I'm big on. Uh, it's a it's a little bit it's it's a little not 
it's not that it's not clean art because it kind of is. The line work is kind of clean. Uh, it's kind of gritty. Yes, looking. that's a good term for it. Uh, and the coloring is definitely gritty on it. Uh, but I think it really, really fits the story that we're getting. I mean, the the uh, the people aren't you know a, you know photorealistic by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but you know you you get what they're showing, and I think the grittiness. I I, I like that word you used, Bill. I think it because I think it describes it well. I think that's what creates that alien feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it well not yeah. It, it's more like you know the alien or the aliens universe from those movies. It kind of feels like that a little bit with the with the computers. It's dark know, without it, being muddy. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, it really strongly reminds me of. It strongly reminds me of The Walking Dead, and I, I was going to say that too. Like stretch, but you know, if, if The Walking if you, Dead was in color, yeah, I think it, it would look in, a lot like this. Yeah, if yeah. it was in color and it took place a century later, I think that this is what you've got right here. It, it very much reminds me of that, especially the children, because I'm looking at uh, mm-hmm. the next to last page of issue one, where Isaac is looking at his dead mother's body. And his the way he's depicted right there, the look on his face, his eyes, everything, and of course her dead body laying there really reminds me of who was that? There were those two little boys, Billy and the parents um, died, and then one of them went psychotic and like murdered yeah. the other one early in the series. That's what I remember what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it does. I mean, it's I'm not you know it's not aping The Walking Dead or anything like that, but it's it's very reminiscent of that artist style. I cannot think of that artist. And I name think I think the that. flow of the story in the uh, you know in the art is really is really very very well paced. Oh, somebody's got a rogue AI in their house. Fall? <laughs> but I, I think the the uh, the pacing of the story and just the flow of it. Uh, is really well done, and it, it's 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 almost like it's more well done than it even needed to be, since you're getting all six issues at once. If this was an issue, a series that you're picking up one month at a time, that that you know equal pacing throughout the issues would feel more important because you wouldn't want to you know leave something short, short uh, you know, where one issue doesn't really have as much going on. But when you're getting all six at once, you can have a little it be a little bit more unbalanced. But but I don't feel like it is. I feel like each issue took me except for the first issue because you're trying to get into it. But except for the first issue, uh, I felt issues two through six all kind of flowed at about the same pace. You know, one thing I, uh, I'm I'm surprised not to see uh, bannered on this series is soon to be a major motion picture because I get the real feel that like this was uh, like this is somebody's you know movie treatment workup. You know what I mean? I can I can definitely see this as a as a movie. And uh, just today, I don't know if you guys saw, I sent you a, a link to it. I saw on Facebook where. Uh, uh, TKO was congratulating the the creative team on this because apparently it got uh it's been Eisner nominated. Mm-hmm. So I I can see you know where I, I as I was reading this I had it thought it had a very cinematic feel to it so I could I easily see this becoming a, a movie at some point and I, I think it'd be a pretty good one too. Yeah, I think it definitely a movie or a uh, like a Netflix series ten ten episodes. Netflix, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
You know, so, you know something else that that I had a feeling when I was reading this, it was a little bit reminiscent of like uh, like a heavy metal story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's another good comparison. Look at some of the other. So, do you have one of the issues in front of you? I do. Smell it. Open it up. Oh, yeah. Smell it. Yeah. yeah. It has a distinct smell, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's weird. <laughs> smell like it. it smell the buck. It's not an unpleasant smell. It's just like, it smells wow. Like, it smells like feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> that'll be on the back of Scott Gardner. Smells like feet. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> Back to the bins. Smells like feet. It's hard to get a better compliment than that, please. Somebody at TKO right now is like, oh my god, why did we send these books to these assholes? <laughs> yep, yeah, the my, end of the end of issues quote right there. Like <laughs> the end of issue three had a uh this is after they go on the uh the fueling station. Um has a, one of those like oh shit was the uh, the guy that's standing there in the in the spacesuit that's all patched up and he's like shh he'll hear you if he hears you he'll kill us all <laughs> I'm like oh no what's gonna happen yeah it, it wasn't yeah I wasn't sure what to make of that yeah and, 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 and uh, let's not spoil it no no and I think that's about where we can't really talk about anything else at that point that well just know. suffice to say that while the overall overall story is about Val parenting these children after the uh, death of their parents uh, they the do, children ha- do there, there, there is own. there is conflict beyond that and beyond between themselves and right. And the and they do come together and they come into their own and that's that's about where we'll leave it at that so that you know oh it's... before I forget there there was one thing um, I, I don't know if it's a criticism I'll, I'll form it more as a question because initially I thought oh this this is kind of weird but I'll I'll put it out there see what you guys think it occurred to me late in the series when they actually give you a count um, because of meeting up with Victor and all that. Um, they actually give you a count of the the crew complement of the Montgomery, and I thought for the size of that vessel, that's, and the fact yeah, that it's I, that's what I was mentioning earlier. Ship, was there supposed I to be frozen was, people on there too? That's what I wasn't maybe. quite sure. Yeah, but that's because, never mentioned. It's like it seems like an awful lot of people. I mean, yeah. excuse me, it seems like in a really big ship, unless part of that ship would be broken down and used. But it seems like you have more people on a colony ship bringing families. Because I'm pretty sure the count that they give, the total count of of crew, you know, adults and children, everybody was 33. And I thought, you know, th- a ship of that size couldn't be inexpensive to launch into space and send to another world. So to only have 33 people total on that ship, that seemed a little weird to me. And well, I was because they make a point to say that, yeah, they've already set up the colony, so now we're sending families. And I'm like, that's it? But also, I mean, they, they state right at the very beginning in, in the very first issue that Earth is basically now, I mean, it's... Five years away from being done. Yeah, it's it's almost done. So they're going to start ev- basically trying to evacuate the planet, and they they already know that they don't have enough 
time and resources yeah. to get everybody. We'll send about 20 people at a time or so. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> sending out 33 people on a ship that size to me was like, you know, not filling the lifeboats on the Titanic. It just really struck me as weird, you know, that, that a sh- again, a ship that size with a complement of only 33 people, that, that was really my only... Again, I don't know if I call it criticism, but it definitely caught my attention in that. So, I guess I guess really that's more just for uh, economy of story because you can't have two thousand children. Although I guess you right. could, you could have you know right. the the core children that you hear you know that you know the story of, and the other ones who are kind of along for the ride, but. You know, it's, it's, I think from from this point of view, this this a small enough group of kids that it it could be, you know, you could learn all the characters if they keep coming out with stories. Right. That's all I got. We want to do grades on this. Sure. I'll I'll go. Um. You so synopsis. I'm... You should go first. Uh trying to figure out what to use as a cover i mean i could just use the cover you could, of the well, you box. could just say in general there's six different covers plus, I mean, plus, yeah. plus the box you got seven seven I mean, things to, to to grade and they i mean yeah. however on, you I'm, choose i'm i'm pulling them all out and flipping them through one by one real quick um i I think all these covers are are like the B plus to A material because they all are are very uh, tie into what's going on inside the book. Um, especially the first. Well, you know, the first one you're like, what the heck is going on? Because it's got these two mechanical arms cradling a child. It's kind of like what what is going on in this book? You know, like it. You know, because pulling it out of the box, and this was the first one I saw, I was like, oh, what is this going to be about? And then the actual box itself just has, like, a ship in space um, and just the words sentient on it, which didn't really, wasn't really, it was okay, but didn't really convey. The picture on the box reminds me of the adaptation, I want to say it was Simonson that did it, the adaptation of Alien. That was the very first impression I got of this Mm. when I I first saw it. I don't don't know if either of you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't recall ever seeing it. Overall, I would give the covers an A. The the interior art, I, I enjoyed. I had no qualms with it. Like I said, it was reminiscent of like a, a, a gritty book walking dead heavy metal style also with the storytelling i have an a plus overall for the whole series i have no no big qualms except for maybe the question like where why was there so few people on the ship but even that's only after you really start to just really really think about it so uh a plus overall for me oh yeah that looks exactly like it you're right scott yeah holy cow Wow. Looking at the covers, uh, now these were not available as individual issues in the uh, in your LCSs, uh, but looking at the six different covers, I think the one to me that would be the most compelling that would make me stop and look a little closer and consider picking it up if I had no idea otherwise what the series was about would Wait, be let me issue. Guess. Would it be the one with all the kids looking out the window? 
Yes, issue number three. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's it's got all, all the children standing together, and you're looking at them from behind uh, as they stand looking out of, I don't know if it's a view screen or a window or a... Uh, you know, some sort of a, a veranda or something, but they're looking at a, a ship in, you know, in the distance. Yeah, and that one made, made me, when I was just flipping through the six, that made me, I stopped on that and lingered and like, wow, that's, wow. And then, then I, then I kept going. I would say that, that one would be the one that would intrigue me the most and make me most likely to want to pick it up. And I think I would give that a B plus. Uh, if I'm trying to see the, whichever one I would, be least intrigued by it's probably do you want to guess bill the one with the with them in the view screen with like their reflection in the in the view screen you are very good you know me uh <laughs> that's issue number five and that one has uh lil and uh isaac uh standing and and probably my biggest complaint about it is the the color pattern would just kind of turn me off a little bit it doesn't look futuristic enough the to pink me in the purple uh yeah i i, I don't know i mean pink you know, and that's, blue sorry and and that one i would probably rate as a c so i would say the covers range from a c to a b plus for me uh the interior art like i said it's it's not generally something i don't think it's generally what would appeal to me but i think it really really works in this issue so i'm going to say I'm going to say a B plus on the interior art. I, I think it really does work for this this book, and the story. I'm going to give a straight, a flat out A. I, I really enjoyed it. I felt it was compelling, and it made me want to keep reading more and more. And overall, I'm going to give the six issue series an A minus. Cool. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to really judge the covers um, because, as you say, this this wasn't something you you would buy single issues off the stands. You know, it it does come in this presentation package. So I want to talk more about the presentation package because, you know, all the covers are really good. I think they're really nice, you know, really nicely drawn. The art's fantastic and everything. But I'm just going to be brutally honest. None of the covers would make me pick it up off the stands, even if it had come out single issue. Um, Even the cover of the presentation box wouldn't either. It just, there's nothing about it that really grabs me visually or anything you know it's just a picture of a, of a spaceship against a star field so i'm hoping that this is a series that you know has caught on or will catch on through word of mouth from people talking about it and and you know giving it praise because i feel like it deserves it um but again you know just visually you know, if i just stumbled across it on the shelf I, i'd pass right by it so you know, I'm hoping that, you know, our reviews will, will help, you know, in, in whatever way, because uh, I really did enjoy this. So, you know, from the art perspective, um, you know, I think all the covers are just fine. I, you know, the interior art I really rather liked um, because it, it, it was very reminiscent of like a, a Walking Dead style. So art wise, I would say, you know, the art was pretty consistent throughout. It was easy to follow. I can't remember any specific panel or page or anything where i had to puzzle over something and go i don't know what's happening here i was able to follow everything just fine so art wise i think i'd go a b plus on the art i I really rather liked the art um the presentation package of this is what really grabbed me though is i I love that not only is it a slip case you know a really nice slip case presentation but you know as bill and i both said you know i like that once you open it 
I, I was shocked that it wasn't uh, a trade or, a, or you know, a, a graphic novel, that it was actually six individual issues. That was cool. I, I just totally wasn't expecting that. And so it's really nice because, you know, th- these are individual comics, but presented in such a way that you could put it right on a shelf, you know, on a, on a bookshelf next to, you know, novels and books. And it would, you know, blend right in and look really nice. I think that's cool. I, I'd, I'd like to see more comics presented this way. Um, and then story wise, yeah, I'll, I'll totally agree. I think I would go uh, I think I'll go a straight up A because the only thing. For me, you know, the only uh, negative I really had was, you know, again, I, I felt like the ending, and you know, not that it was a, don't get me wrong, it wasn't a bad ending. It was just wasn't quite as satisfying as I, as I would have liked. It just kind of felt like wrapped up, not really like, oh, that, you know, a great ending to a really great story. I felt like it was a great story, but just kind of a, kind of a weak ending. So that was really my only thing. So yeah, overall, no. though, straight up, straight up A. So see, and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say I, I don't 100% agree with you on that because. I found myself satisfied at the end. The only the only thing is I wanted yeah. mo- I wanted more, but I feel like that's the right. six issue series. Right. Well, well, that's what I, I was uh, I I was satisfied with the ending. I was like, okay, well, they wrapped this up, and um, and I was like, mm, I guess they could expand on this because if I mean, because at one point I was like, oh man, but then I was like, oh okay, all right. <laughs> I could see where they, you know, all right, it's not as it's not as bleak as I thought it was going to be, and then I guess they could, because I was also wondering, it's like if this is only six issues, how are they going to wrap this up? What is going to be the end story? Right, here? yeah, you know that, especially when we got into like issue five, and the, because things were going pretty fast, and then things kind of like got drawn out, whereas over two issues. It was it became more decompressed, whereas the first couple like the first two issues were decompressed. Then the middle two issues seemed a little bit more happened in the time frame. And then the other two, it was drawn out. And then the very end, it was a lot more happened at the very end of the last issue. Uh, But once you read it, you'll see what I'm talking about there. Right. So, all right. Sounds like overall we uh, we all enjoyed it pretty much. Oh, no question. I think uh, I think that came through. Uh, so that'll do it for our coverage of the first TKO book. Uh, I would say we will probably have the next one next week. Hopefully, you enjoy this enough to stay with us through uh, this this TKO interlude that we're doing. Uh, <laughs> so, bye bye, everybody. Bye bye. See ya. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. 
said, what was it? What's that song? Uh, and it was. That's what I was just gonna do. The song. It was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not in love not by Ten CC. Love. Big boys don't. It's just a phase. Not an AI on a ship, a bunch of kids, I don't know what to do. Do, 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 